Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a long box crusade elseworlds you might ask well some of your favorite long box crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with so from time to time we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks and we'll play it for you here whether it's a james bond rookie agent show from on her majesty's secret podcast network or a comics with normies from white rocket entertainment network or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of Research and Development Q Branch. And the Rad Adventures Network. And you're listening to MI6 Rookie Agents at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can stimulate to tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever up and then caress it, touch it, stroke it and undress it, I can see every part, nothing hides in the heart to hurt me, I don't need love, for what good will love do me? Hello and welcome back to another fun-filled, exciting, dynamite of an episode that we're doing here on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Some people call me Death Probe. And joining me, as always, is veteran Bondophile co-host and my older brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Welcome back to the show, Jason. And your first question you gotta answer is, what's the most 007? type thing you've done since last episode. Oh gosh, man. Not too much in the double O range. Q Branch did issue me a new car. Uh, I'm tooling around in this souped up 2017 Nissan Versa Note. Wow. Try, not, try not to be jealous, fellas. Try not glass? to be jealous. Optional extras. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, no ejector seat <laughs> yeah. or anything like that? No ejector seat, no smoke screen, no caltrops. Well, <laughs> um, but it's a nice little car and I'm enjoying in it. I can't complain. Excellent. Well, this episode is the seventh episode of our ongoing series on our channel called MI6 Rookie Agents. On Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking two friends in our lives who are not terribly familiar with the 007 universe through the entire J. 
James Bond series of films one movie at a time to get a newcomer's point of view on the film series that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's welcome our rookie agents to the show. Don't forget to tell us what the most 007 thing you've done since last recording is. Let's start with Pat. Welcome back, Pat. Thanks, Jared, and uh, blow it up your pants. <laughs> blow up your pants. Blow up your pants. Oh, pants. Excellent. What you been up to? What's been going on in your 007 lifestyle? Not a lot. I think just watching this movie has been my lifestyle for now and um, being able to tell you to blow it up your pants. <laughs> You're living on the raggedy edge, oh, yep. Agent Pat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Probably been thinking about that for like all week. Like as soon as he intros me, you know, you know, blow up your pants is what you. I guess. Okay. <laughs> Let's find out what Agent Delvin, the dark web Felix Leiter Williams, has been up to. Welcome back to the show, Delvin. Thank you. I haven't been doing too much, so I guess the most James Bond thing that I've been doing is going on some R and R. Nice. And just, chilling, and just chilling out and hanging around the house a little bit, and of course, getting to watch Diamonds Are Forever. And before I forget. I guess it could also count as a James Bond thing that I have a new Felix Leiter update to give you. Oh, boy. All right. We're ready, right? We're ready? Right. I don't think we're ready, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> That's right. You're not ready. You know, this whole world isn't ready. I mean, I got carried away. So, okay, this one is more of a psychological thriller where there has been a copycat killer of sorts who has been monitoring Felix Leiter's career. So much so that he has gotten plastic surgery and everything to mimic this CIA agent and he's going around killing people so he can possibly have the bizarre honor of going against Felix Leiter. I mean, and he is mimicked him like completely down to name reversal. So we have Zelof Retail and the movie's going to be called Mirror Mirror. Uh, I would think I would have gone the other way. Like he was so into mimicking him that he had gene therapy and you could call it helix slider. Oh, <laughs> helix I, I don't, I don't really appreciate you trying to one up my idea. <laughs> this is case. I'm not trying to one up it. I'm trying to make it better. That's all. Just that's it. I'm, I'm taking the show. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Does, does that mean I won? Yeah. Congratulations, Pat. You won somehow. Hey, I, I won the truth. I'm back. I'm back. Oh. I can't just give Pat a win like that. I have something interesting to report, though, on Delvin the Dark Web Williams, because I don't think he's being completely honest in his exploit since the last show. I don't think he's telling us anything, because I have imagery intelligence and sources out there that said that he may have attended his first NASCAR race. <laughs> uh, I heard he was doing and, baller style too. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I, I'm wondering why we're not getting any reports on that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I did. I attended the All Star race that happened in Charlotte. So the whole idea of it, I guess there have been qualifiers for this. And then they had three preliminary races that were last minute qualifiers. And then the big race, which was, if I'm not mistaken, 80 laps. It was winner take all. Winner got a $1 million. million. Dollars, pinky dollars. fingers to your corner of your lips, please, gentlemen. And so I was fortunate because my work mentor invited me and I got to sit up in a box suite and I ate way too much food. And then I got also to go down to these box seats that are right behind the pit crews. So I got to see all the cars as they were pulling out for the start of the all-star race. And man, those cars are beautiful. Seeing them on TV, it really doesn't do it justice. Those are just pristine vehicles. And of course, I already thought that pit crews had like a really cool 
school job of, as far as like getting that car together at maximum speed. But I definitely do get the appeal of NASCAR now. I, I, not so much that I can say that it made me a fan, but at least enough to say that, dang, if I got to go to that again, I absolutely would. Man, was it like in Majesty's Secret Service when they went to that bullfight? Did you like bargain for someone to be your wife or anything like that? <laughs> I was wondering if he and Miranda like just drove on like on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah, just the race. race. You know? <laughs> That's a million dollars. I might have thought about it. You know what, guys? Apparently, if you pay money, and I don't know if they still do it or not, but if you pay money that you can apparently drive around the actual like mile and a half racetrack in your own POS vehicle. <laughs> rocking it in my Scion. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, what? What? What All right. Doing? Coming out there with the Nissan Versa Note. We're going <laughs> <we're gonna> to let it fly. <laughs> That's that's super cool. <clears throat> Jason, I think he's coughing at you. Ask, uh, ask me what I've been up to. <clears throat> ask me. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Let's move God on. <laughs> All right. Double O Agent Jared, what have you been up to since we last met? As some of our Twitter followers may know, last month, a couple weeks ago, took my son Jordan and I, we made the trip about an hour and a half up to Montgomery to watch a 35mm print screening of Live and Let Die. So that was a lot of fun. I did some Q&A. Secret agent! <laughs> On whose side? I did some Q&A interviews with a couple of folks after the screening. And I've been editing those up today. So when we do our next episode after this one of Live and Let Die, I think we'll tack those little interviews onto the end of the episode. So that'll be fun. Cool. So you're telling me you did some interviews? I did some interviews. I was hoping for you. You know I did. You know I did. You know I did. You used to say live and let live. You know I did. I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> Thank you, let's Pat. Do, let's, do, let's do another take. All right, live go ahead and ask your question. Which one live in? Ah, never mind. I hate this show and I hate all of you. Okay. Live and let die. Oh. We are planning on releasing this show monthly as a companion to the show that Van Allen Plexico and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing one 007 film per month as we build towards the release date of Bond 25, supposedly in 2019. That might have got pushed back, but nothing official's come out on that yet. Anyway, this show is going to do the same thing that Van and Allen are doing with that schedule, but we're going to be getting a fresh look at the 007 series through the eyes of our newcomers. So if you want a more in-depth and academic look into the series complete with a host that has an actual British accent, definitely stay tuned to and subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. You'll get Van hey. Allen's show or the show where Van, John Ringer, and I are doing the World Cup of James Bond amongst other fun Bondian things we have planned. Basically, On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast is your channel for 360 degrees of Bond, so let's get to today's film Diamonds Are Forever. Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. The rock is still alive every time I rhyme. Forever, ever, 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 No, Kanye, nobody. Okay, no, I'm with you. I've got the CD. Okay, good. I've got the CD.
But before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in a segment called What Makes You Say That? I'm now aiming precisely at your groin. It says speak or forever hold your peace. Okay, so What Makes You Say That is a fun little game we play where I give Jason a line from tonight's Bond movie, Diamonds Are Forever, and Jason tells me the line that came before it. If you don't, you should probably start listening to James Bond Radio. They play a game called What's the Next Line, where they give the guy the line, and then he has to give the line that comes after it. We got super creative, and we flipped those, so... Jason is going to do the line that comes before the line that I read to him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anybody can do the line after. Yeah. It's, it yeah. takes a certain set of skill. You got to moonwalk that back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, I've got a few here. So I'm going to start easy. I always start easy with Jason. So if this is your first episode, you'll quite understand. I would say, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And Jason would say, do you expect me to talk? Oh, thank good, you. Good job, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to step in. So look, I never get them. Uh, I got, I got excited. <laughs> no, you did a great job. So that's how it works. And I try to do it in my best accent or voice from the movie, and it rarely comes out good. I'm going to start Jason out easy. I'm going to start him out with this line. You ready, Jason? I'm ready. Let's it's, do it. It's easy. You're going to nail this. You're going to nail this. Okay. Small world. <laughs> I'll do it one more time. I know you know what it is. I'll do it one more time I, for the audience. I, 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 I know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah. Small world. I got a brother. (laughs) I even knew that one. Let's ramp up difficulty. Let's try this one, Jason. Now, don't tell me. You're St. Peter. I know the scene. (laughs) He opens the casket. Is it the big rant that he goes into? Yes. Your damn fucking diamonds are phony or whatever. (laughs) Yes, yes. You got it. You got it. You just don't have to. I don't remember the exact line. You dirty double-crossing limey think those damn diamonds are phony. That was phony. Yeah, that one's considerably more difficult. It, than the well, first it, one. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the scene. You knew the line. You got the gist of it. I'll give you another one. Uh, how about this? Yes. Well, then perhaps I'd better give a brief background into our problem. Let's see. I'm going to guess this is at the briefing when they're yes. talking about the diamonds. Yeah. Is this at? Is is this after um, M makes yes. the statement that the least we can expect out of you is a little old. Fashioned hard work or something to that that line. It's an M line, and you've got the right scene. You're so close. Any of the rookie agents got any idea? Nope. No. I'm trying to replay that scene in my head. So say the line again. Yes, well then, perhaps I'd better give a brief background into our problem. Why would he have to give a brief background, Jason? I don't know. You got me. It's like a first on the show. I'm almost sad. Well, you knew it me. couldn't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, Not a like diamonds. diamonds. Ow. How about this? Refreshing to hear there's one subject you're not an expert on. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. I did know it. I'd psych myself out of it. Son of a gun. Oh, man. One more, Jason. Redeem yourself. You're going to home run this. I can feel it. I don't dress for the hired help. That's a nice little nothing that you're almost wearing. Bingo! <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. You did a good job, man. You did a good job. I, yeah, some of those were tougher than others. And you know what? You still have maintained a perfect streak of knowing which scene they come from. And that's got to count for something. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little disappointed. It's kind of a dialogue-heavy scene there with him and Bond and the Diamonds expert guy. So, yeah, But, I, but I yeah, I should have had it. That was fun. And you did a great job. Agent Jason, good job on that. Please give us the quick mission brief on Diamonds are forever.
You've been waiting for him. Asking for him. Now he's here. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back in a new Bond spectacular. Welcome to hell, Blofeld. He's back. Good evening. And we're back to what great movies are all about. Hey, what the hell is this? Hey, listen, you can't do this to me. I've got friends in this town. Outrageous, fun-making thrills. I didn't know there was a pool down there. He's back. The character who runs rings around his enemies in Diamonds Are Forever. 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 And they're back. Some rare facets of female bondage. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I don't dress for the hired help. Starring Jill St. John, Charles Gray, and he's back as Blofeld, 007 style. Good evening, 007. From the Diamond Territory of South Africa. Curious. How everyone who touches those diamonds seems to die. The canals of Amsterdam. To the gaming halls of Las Vegas. Hi, I'm Plenty. But of course you are. Plenty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. To the rocket sites of Nevada. Sean Connery. Alias James Bond 007 is back in action. opening sequence, James Bond is out for revenge against Blofeld, and he's cutting a violent path through the international underworld. Finally confronting his arch nemesis before he's about to undergo plastic surgery, Bond gets sweet revenge and drowns the criminal mastermind in steaming hot mud. Returning to work, M puts Bond on the trail of international diamond smugglers who MI6 believe are attempting to upset the worldwide diamond market. 007 inserts himself into the smuggling network by assassinating an 
taking the place of smuggler extraordinaire Peter Franks. Bond is shocked, however, to learn that Spectre has a more insidious use for the diamonds and Blofeld is still alive. Bond teams up with his old CIA pal Felix Leiter, beautiful jewel smuggler Tiffany Case, and eccentric billionaire Willard White to stop Spectre's evil plan and to bury Blofeld once and for all. Our intrepid agent fights a jewel smuggler in Amsterdam, outruns the police and assassins in Las Vegas, and leads a violent assault against Spectre's oil rig base off the coast of Baja, California, to both save the world and get his revenge. After the lukewarm critical and financial success of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the producers were taking no chances, paying Sean Connery the then unheard of sum of $1.25 million they reunited him with Goldfinger director Guy Hamilton to try and recapture that magic. Financially, they were successful. Diamonds raked in $43.8 million in North America and $72.2 million overseas. But will it hold up in the eyes of our rookie agents? Well, let's find out. The cast included Sean Connery returning for his final, at least in the Eon Productions world, as James Bond. Jill St. John played Tiffany Case. Charles Gray took on the role of Blofeld. Lana Wood was Plenty O'Toole. Jimmy Dean played eccentric billionaire Willard White. Lois Maxwell returned as Money Penny. Putter Smith played assassin Mr. Kid. Bruce Glover played his partner Mr. Wint. Norman Burton took on the role of Felix Leiter. Bernard Lee returned as M, and Desmond Llewellyn returned as Q. Back to you, Jared. Thank you for that, Agent Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in a segment called Declassify. Do you expect me to talk? Let's find out what the rookie agents thought. Let's start with Agent Pat. Welcome to the world of Diamonds Are Forever. I'm sure you've got interesting notes written down. Let's hear about them. You know, I do have some notes, but I didn't write as many as I've had in the past, just because this was a movie that kept me interested. That's a good I was actually, yeah, I was actually in doing my prep for this. Sometimes I have to watch it later at night. Sometimes I get tired, and so sometimes I think I will break it up, like watch the first hour and then finish the next hour the next day. But for this one, I was planning on doing that, but I didn't. I watched it all the way through because I was really interested in this one. That's cool. Yeah. So I don't really have a lot on my list to talk about. So I'll just kind of go through some quick highs here that I have. And maybe a few funny lows or in the middle. First high I have is I like in the beginning how they don't show Bond when he's like roughing people up to find out where Blofeld is. I like how they kind of hide him for a while. You can hear his voice and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's Connery. Mm-hmm. And then finally they, they show him. That turned out really good for me. Blofeld, how he dies in the beginning. I'm like, wow, that was really simple. All he has <laughs> to do is hit him with a big light to knock him out. <laughs> And I'm like, really? That's it? So I was really, con- I want to say confused, but I was like, wow, all that big production. And that was it. I was they, they had me at that point. Let's get to the song, Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. It's an all right song. I don't even know who sang it. <gasps> what? Gasp. You, better, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Everybody calm down. <laughs> Calm down, that calm is, down. That is I've been on some meds lately, so I'm sorry. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. So the it. producers really wanted to recapture the magic of Goldfinger. <laughs> so who do you think they got to sing the song? Oh, is it Shirley Badsey? You got Badsy? it. But, 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 bingo! But, well, maybe she didn't really sound like it. Then maybe huh? that's why. Huh? What's wrong with you? Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, then you're really going to hate me when I rate this a two out of five. I'm like, what? this song's oh. not for me. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Delvin. Oh, my God. 
Uh, I'm going to be sick. You so need bad. to call Shirley Bassey and apologize to her right <laughs> now. <laughs> that was my first time probably hearing the whole song. I've never heard it before. Uh, oh, so I got a lot of sexual innuendo yeah. in it. I guess maybe I just Hold wasn't feeling it. Then caress it. Yeah. Tap's here. So this is Agent Tap. Agent Tap's back. Agent Tap is back. Well, now that I've disappointed everybody and probably lost a lot of the listeners, <laughs> yeah, of let's go on with my off. list here. I am allowed my own opinion. Whether right or wrong, it is You my are opinion. indeed. You are indeed. That's the whole point of Rookie Agents, to get that fresh take. Even if it the is. fresh take is insanely stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love you, Pat. Well, let's see. I like M and Bond's subject matter fight between the two of them. <laughs> With the diamond expert, I just the, their banter back and forth. Oh, that's funny. I really like the outstanding performances by Wint and Kid. They are pretty fun, aren't they? Oh yeah. I'm like these guys are like weird. And then the more they start doing, like these guys are like psychically crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they walk away holding hands at one time. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? This is really weird. The two actors just played their part. You had, like, the kid, to me, I think he's a little psychotically odd. <laughs> and then Wint is, like, mastermindfully smart. That's the way I was seeing them. But, man, those guys were good. Yeah, Bruce Glover, who played Mr. Wint, told a story about how years later, after the movie, he was on a flight and he was kind of flirting up a stewardess. And Sean Connery, through the whole production, thought the two were gay lovers. Like, he believed it. And so as he's flirting with this waitress, he hears to his surprise sean connery's on the plane behind him and goes you son of a bitch (laughs) 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 told him he thought he was gay the whole time (laughs) that's funny guy's a good actor man yeah the minute they came on the screen and then started talking i was like wow they really made their parts great yeah i was really really impressed with them yeah they were pretty cool as henchmen that was one of the things i really liked about the movie too yeah i was sad to see at the end what happens i'm like whoa man i want these guys back i'd like to see them really pissed off they're not coming back (laughs) i don't think either one of those are coming back. well burn ward victim mr kid might make it (laughs) that's right well yeah that's true Biggest assassin days are behind him, though. <laughs> but I was like, man, if they could put those characters back again or, or somehow, that was just, I could watch a movie of just them doing something. That would kind of be cool. More on my list here. I got Bond is a master of illusion. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The make out thing. With his make out. Yeah, I, I got written down. <laughs> make out trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I remember doing You're walking by, you're like, man, that chick's got hairy knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's an old trick. He's making out with himself. What's going on there? Oh, man. Of course, the blow it up your pants. I had to rewind it a couple of times. I said, what did, did, did she say? They just say that. Blow up your pants. Blow up your pants. That one I don't... win. She had one win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was another great one where I wrote down space. Yeah, I, I was wondering if you guys were going to get excited about space again. Then my, the next words I have right after that, fake space. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. I'm like, oh, wow, what are they doing here? I didn't even know what the point was for them doing that. Like, they were testing her. You're talking about the moon? The moon one. Uh, yeah. It was because there was a lot of conspiracy theorists who insinuated that oh. moonwalk landings were staged and filmed. And so that was kind of a parody nod to those okay. conspiracy theorists. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Willard White would be so eccentric that he would actually spend money to do that kind of thing. And like Jason said, Uh-oh. it was like in the news. And Okay. I didn't know if that was part of Blofeld's plan. No. I'm like, oh, what are they doing here besides getting that cool uh, moon buggy? And why do they move so slow? Yeah. When they're like, get him. Yeah, get and him. Then they're, they're, I'm, like, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the bot's running. The one that really gets me, though, it, is when they're in the chase. And when he actually leaves the moon buggy, and there's the guy that's on the doom buggy that, like, tips over. And then he, like, writes the bike, and he just sits on the bike as Bond sneaks around that berm and yeah, goes and kicks him off. He, like, literally waits for, like, an eight count, just sitting there waiting for Bond to get <laughs> to get kicked off. I'm like, why don't you just go, man? <laughs> it's in the henchman handbook. And that's the reason why you don't really have three wheelers anymore. You can see the, you know, easily tipped and all that. The problems that they had with those spikes before. I got the desert chase. Man, they don't know how to drive cars in the desert. They go after them and it's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm tipping over. Or I'm, <laughs> What's going on here? You're in the car in the desert and you're getting beaten by this moon buggy. Sand is slippery. Yeah. <laughs> No, you just drive crappily. Crappily. <laughs> That's what it I is. That's a word. I'll, yeah, buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. It's craptastic. I don't know if you guys caught this, but when one of the cars, the third or the fourth one, it rolls over somehow. I don't even know. I think the guy just took the wheel and just turned it. <laughs> so there is a, when one of the cars rolls over or whatever, however it crashes, there's a tire that rolls across mm-hmm. that isn't yep. the tire from the vehicle. It's the moon buggy tire. Yes, that is true. All right. I was like, am I the only one seeing this moon buggy tire? And No, it's an error on the film. I saw it on the IMDb database oh, okay. on the list of errors that you can see in the movie. But good eye. You're right. Uh, Eagle Eye Samson. Next on my list is Real Space. <laughs> Yay. With lasers. We got some- Lasers. Yeah, that was kind of interesting how they heated up things but with that laser. laser. How did that laser find that right. submarine in the middle of the yeah. ocean? <laughs> I mean, what had the water gotten kind of boiled up too? I don't know. I t- yeah, I don't know. I have lots of technical questions on this plot. But anyway, that's not my turn. It's your turn. Go ahead. Then just the last thing I have is PA guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want that job, man. I've yeah. been rehearsing all week. <laughs> Can we get a sample, please, Jason? Ten minutes and counting. (laughs) (laughs) They show the guy, too, sitting there talking. He's just sitting there, man. He's just sitting there staring at the microphone. Insane things are happening around (laughs) around him. (laughs) Things are blowing up, bullets flying, rockets flying. I want that guy to to work for me. That guy's got nerves of steel. You give him a job, and he is going to do that. I've got to stay here, and i got to count down. I don't care if things are falling around around me. My job is to do this. Otherwise, I'm not going to get paid. <laughs> like we gotta get out of here, countdown Jerry. Well, countdown Jerry has one job, and I'm gonna do that job. <laughs> That's right. I don't care who pays me, I'm counting it down. <laughs> I could get a bad reference for this if I leave. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I'm one step close to NASA. <laughs> one step close. <laughs> this is being recorded. I can play this back for them, and I will get that job. That nut job, and you only live twice? You died in that, in that volcano, so I got promoted to this job, and I was giving up this job. This is my shot to the big leagues here. Oh, sure, anybody can be knife shoe guy, but not everybody can be countdown guy. It takes a special man to be countdown guy. What was the interview like? Can you count backwards from 100? Yes. 
Can you do it if there's things blowing up around you? <laughs> Absolutely. You're hired. <laughs> I think the what makes you say that thing should really qualify me for the countdown. <laughs> I can do things backwards. That's right. There that, you go. That's, that is a very good that's reference. A, yeah. That is. But me, Jared, and Pat, we are not good references. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> uh, we are not. You're on the podcast with who? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Other than that, those are my quick notes. I enjoyed the movie, so I didn't really have a lot written down. Smoke count. Smoke if you got them. Bond doesn't smoke in this one. Yeah. So well, I think we're winding down here. I think Tiffany Case did after they, uh, yeah. Went, 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 uh-huh. You know, but. Yeah, there's a few that did, but not Bond at all. That that kind of surprised me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Blofeld uses that cigarette holder, like, in mm-hmm. style. That's know? right. Uh, as far as double O players. There wasn't really a lot. All I have is him trying to work on plenty. Man. Oh, he was, he was, he was so doing good close. <laughs> yeah, so I know. It's like, oh, well, let's talk about plenty real quick. I, you know, you, I would. Wait, I, you mean friend of the show, Lana Wood, who did yes. some of our intro sound bites? Correct. Yes. Thank you, Lana. I was really surprised that she wasn't in there long enough. I was expecting her to be in there longer as a Bond girl. Bond was expecting yeah, her to be there longer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, name, her, her name wasn't plenty of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did she get in the pool, though? If you remember, the whole gist of the movie was that Blofeld and the Spectre organization, they'd gotten all the diamonds they needed, so they were rolling up by killing everybody that was involved in the network. I think they went there to kill Tiffany. Who do you think went there, though? Winton Kid? Perhaps. Maybe they made a mistake, a mistaken identity, or they just kind of ran into her and had to kill her to silence her. But that's what I always assume. They were trying to kill everybody in that diamond smuggling organization so there would be no more witnesses. I think it was a case of mistaken identity. But why was Plenty at Tiffany's house? I don't understand. I don't, yeah, well, I was confused by that. I think there was going to be a cat fight. She was there looking for a cat fight. That was Bond's theory. If you remember, he said she came here looking for you and bad things happened to her. I'm not saying it makes a whole lot of sense. How did Plenty know how to find where Tiffany lived? I don't know the answer to those questions. But that was Bond's inference. Unless Bond was lying and he really killed her. I don't know. <laughs> she <laughs> was annoying me. <laughs> oh, my God. What did you do? <laughs> but that's the best I can make I've of it. I've heard there's like a missing scene there that they deleted something. I, I don't know. Mm. All right. I'm surprised because, you know, everybody knows her as a Bond girl, but she doesn't really have a lot of Bond time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the so, time she has isn't wasted because she, uh, uh-huh. she looked good. <laughs> oh, she <laughs> look good. Same with Thumper and Bambi. Thumper, played by a friend of the show, Trina Parks, who's also yes. done an intro for us. Yes. They get more screen time, I think, than what Plenty does but it was no, i wouldn't doubt it i think moves, you might be right with their moves and that, that was a good scene i like that man he was getting his butt work <laughs> he got wailed on and they're calling out who's next it's like okay she's coming you know where she is bond you know <laughs> what's gonna again, happen <laughs> going back to players the so the only one i think that he actually has is case right yeah yeah yeah. this is a low players field on this movie not low a lot happening low playing yeah what's wrong with this i was perusing imdb trying to figure out the answer see if there, I could get an answer to the question. I didn't get an answer to the question of what Plenty was doing at Tiffany's house, but I did stumble on this little juicy nugget. So apparently, Jill St. John and Lana Wood have been involved in a decades-long feud that began during
during the filming of this movie throughout the spring of 1971 when both women were dating Sean Connery at the same time. <laughs> in February 1982, less than three months after the mysterious drowning of Lana's sister, Natalie Wood, St. John began a relationship with Robert Wagner, Lana's brother-in-law, and eventually married him. Wow. Ooh, wow. Wow. Oh, man. Juicy stuff. Turn that off. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Connery. It's, it's facts. <laughs> Get back to your room. <laughs> Damn it. Otherwise, I do like Mr. White. He's a pretty funny guy when, once I get him free. That was played by Jimmy Dean. You know what else he's does, famous does for? Does he make sausages? The sausage? You're right about that. I was really? going to ask that. Yep, he is the sausage guy. Is he a sausage guy? Oh, I love him. Yeah. I knew I liked him. I think Those he was in like I think he was in like country and western music, which yeah, he, he parlayed into a sausage franchise and a, somehow a James Bond appearance. He was working for Howard Hughes at the time. Oh, and, was he? Yeah, and apparently Howard Hughes was living in Las Vegas. This was during his recluse time living upstairs in his casino but he still had like huge clout over the city so when the crew wanted to do that that car chase downtown howard hughes pretty much called and had the streets all blocked off gave him like full access and one of the interviews with dean he's saying how howard hughes wanted to see the screenings of the test screenings and everything of the movie because he was a huge bond fan and howard dean was or or what was not howard dean but uh jimmy dean, um, jimmy dean was uh, the, <laughs> i knew it was coming <laughs> <laughs> he was he was saying that he was scared because he was basically impersonating yeah. Howard Hughes and he's like, and I'm working for Howard Hughes at the time. Like, what if he doesn't like this and, and I'm out of a job? <laughs> this could be bad for me. There's one thing that you did say, Jason, that brought to my mind, and I don't want to take anything away from Delvin, just in case he had something to say about it. What's the topic? It's the car chase. Did you have anything on the car chase, Delvin? It was cool. Did you catch the movie flop hat? Yeah. Am oh. I you eagle-eyed bastard. <laughs> Am I the only one that noticed the car? When it goes on two wheels, yep. the left side is up when mm-hmm. they go in. When they go but in, when yeah. they come out, the right side is up. They kind of look like they tried to fix that. Yes, they did a little insert shot. Yeah. yeah where it kind Which of makes no like, sense at all, yeah, like, like what made this happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the, what happened here? The true life story behind that is, so they wanted to do the two-wheel shot. And so they had set up the scene with the car going in at the mm-hmm. angle. And there was an American stunt crew that was working that shot, but they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it down right. So a team of French drivers came in and were told to do the shot. And they did it Bonzo perfect coming out, but they didn't coordinate. Oh. And so they did it the opposite way. <laughs> awesome. They had to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. They were not filmed on the same <laughs> no. day. Yeah. Nor in the oh. same location, I think. Yeah, it looked kind of odd, too. From what I read, three different locations. Ooh, Darkwood. Well, that's all I have. Excellent. Gave us plenty of opportunities to let me and Jason run our mouths, so let's see if Mm -hmm. Delvin can do the same. Delvin, Agent Webb, what's up? Hey there. Hey, Uh, hey, man. Hey, hey. Um, Delvin, I got comments. Gonna get into them. Yeah, the movie started. I liked it. I mean, hot opening, you know, throwing, I don't know who that was, Samurai or whatever, through one of the Asian doors whose names I can't remember. That was cool. I'm like, dang, okay, let's get attention right away. And then, you know, he's going around pissed off about Blofeld, finds him, and welcome to hell, Blofeld. Like, damn! (laughs) I was very impressed because that was a hot opener. Like, okay. I will definitely mention, I was like, well, man, for such a personal thing to happen, last movie, 
for Bond to have apparently taken out Blofeld by just pushing him in the hot mud. I'm kind of surprised that him being that agent that he wouldn't want to make that very up close and personal. And so when it was later on revealed that Mr. White was Blofeld, that definitely threw me. But it threw me in a good way. But I was like, you know what? I'm glad because I thought that the death would have been cheesy otherwise. So that was well done. Mr. Went and Mr. Kid, especially from their opener, they remind me of the Lonely Island, the Creeps. Oh, <laughs> The creep. Oh, the creep. Like, I mean, it just even the way they sounded, they just reminded me of the creep. The dialogue, as always, between Monty Penny and Bond, priceless. What would you like to bring me back? Like a, a diamond in a ring? <laughs> would you sell it for a tulip? For a tulip. <laughs> She's like, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Their dialogue from movie one has been spot on. I like Tiffany Case from the start. She was savvy. She got the fingerprinting. Bond, by tasting a drink, tasted there was something on like, funny and figured it out immediately what she had done and then M had given him the fingerprints already and then the real Franks escaped and then Bond attacked like it, that was like spy stuff what was the term that we used last sneaky time? Bond sneaky <laughs> Bond love it love the spy stuff love it love it love it even the slipping um, the James Bond ID on him <laughs> he's like what I killed James Bond like just money love there that wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of gadgets though no not too many gadgets there were the traditional, you know, the fingerprinting. Of course, there was that gadget that you used to rig the slot casino machine. slot machines. So, yeah, not too much. Even though Jared and Jason already went over the, uh, I got a brother in a like, small <laughs> world that very much reminded me of the uh, line from Dumb and Dumber. It's like, so guys, big ups. <laughs> okay, <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> It was just the same delivery to me. I just thought that was funny. I thought the double cross with Bond switching out the diamonds, I didn't see that coming. Very interesting. I don't know why it was funny when the mobster threw plenty out the window. It was like, <laughs> like, it was almost like they literally said, you really don't have any point to this plot whatsoever. It <laughs> just threw in the pool. So my unpopular opinion, since Pat slash Taps was indefensibly that Shirley Bassey's Diamond Forever is a two out of five. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. No. Like, oh, that song's beautiful. It was great. It's wonderful. I'm sorry. It's Dame Shirley <laughs> So my unpopular opinion, I guess, would be that Plenty O'Toole annoyed me. Didn't have any use for her whatsoever. Did you not see those sheer panties she was wearing? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but it's a book agent. Well, whatever, man. I was watching that scene like, you know, like, J- like JFK, back and to the left, back to the left. <laughs> I thought that the desert scene, even though it was cool that Sean was in the space car, like that he was able to outmaneuver all the three-wheelers in the space car, it just seemed a little bit, I don't know, goofy. And the other vehicles as well. Yeah, it's like they would just fall out of wayside and just explode. I'm like, really? Okay. But the space car was cool, though. And 
and I wrote down the note. Unless they got a great set, they were legit on Vegas Strip, and they actually were. And I also wrote, no way Vegas was so uncrowded. And nope, it wasn't. But tell you what, you clearly have an excellent production if they're like, you know what? We're going to clear out the Vegas Strip for you to make your movie. That's ball of status. So that definitely gives me an idea of how important the Bond franchise was. And I did a little bit of reading about how important it was to Howard Hughes, who's such a mover or shaker. He can say, hey, I'm going to clear off Vegas Strip. I actually have been to the Fremont and that's why I saw it and that and Golden Circus. And I'm like, holy crap, that's the old strip. That was cool. I thought that once they reintroduced Blofeld and, you know, had the whole idea of cloning, that was cool. And then like the movie kind of went sideways a little bit because goodness gracious. My only conclusion is that Blofeld apparently has a secret love affair for James Bond because why else is James Bond alive? Blofeld literally said, you know what? I got you dead to rights, but you know what I want to do? I'm going to go to sleep. Wait, what? Huh? Like, no. But it's late. I'm tired. And there's so much left oh, to do. Uh, it, it, <laughs> what? And then, so then he got into the elevator and then the knockout gas came on. And I'm like, this is so extra. <laughs> and it reminds me very much of why it was so funny. in the Austin Power movies, <laughs> when Scott Evil was like, I, I got a gun in my room. <laughs> We can shoot him. Bang. He's dead. (laughs) You just don't get it. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I approved of the plan of burying the body in the desert, but kill the body first. I don't understand why they didn't just like, oh, he's unconscious. I'm I'm about to mention something about that. You got Kid and Went, they show like three, four murders where they were hands-on and they took their target out pretty gruesomely and directly. And so when it came to Bond, it's like, okay, first we're going to knock him out. We could have killed him then, but we didn't. Instead, we threw him in a coffin and burned the coffin. What? Just just throw his ass in the freaking furnace and burn him alive. He's dead. He's really dead. Yeah, that was a big plot hole to me. I kind of disagree on that one. I think killing him is one thing, but you got to make him disappear, too. So I think putting him in the coffin and then burning him and then just having the ashes. I mean, all that kind of makes sense. And to be fair, the only reason why he got out of that mess was because he gave him counterfeit diamonds. Otherwise, he would have been dead. Fair enough. I am not quite done with my I can't believe this happened moment like Bambi and Thumper they were whooping Bond's butt (laughs) I wasn't fighting back I was enjoying it I didn't get my ass whooped by two females. Pipe down, Mr. Mr. Connery. Connery. Pipe down. Don't get your bourbon. I left a drink for you on the nightstand. Just, it'll be okay. Because all of a sudden, like, they looks like they were doing their plan. They knocked him into the water. They jumped into the water. Then all of a sudden, inexplicably, James Bond overpowered them. And I'm like, what? How? (laughs) Navy SEALs, bitches. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, but that he's holding them down with his hands. Both two struggling, very strong women just holding them down. Exactly. With that said, though, I would have paid good money to be in that fight. (laughs) I would have taken that one, but there would have been many a booby touched. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get out of this side trap. I can't get out of it. Oh, no. Uh, back to my comments. Wait, and they're, they're sacked. Strategic Air Command. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. I was like, 
<laughs> so technically, space <laughs> and missiles <laughs> and missiles, space missiles, satellites. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I'll actually read the comment that I wrote. I was like, at this point, I literally cannot believe Blofeld won't kill Bond. It's past belief. He told Bond to put the tape back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I have this whole awesome space operation with this diamond satellite that can freaking drop lasers all over the world, but it's run by this tape. And Bond just ejects the tape. He He just knocks the tape out and Blofeld, the ultimate bad guy, put it back. <laughs> Put your toys away. <laughs> what if he just pulled out the tape? You know, like, like, like they out. do, just they yanked it all out. Yeah. Right? I mean, over. for Blofeld to put together these magnificent plans and then all of a hey, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Quit it. Oh, come on. Wait till we get home. Don't you embarrass me anywhere else. I am, this is my place of employment. <laughs> I am very disappointed in you, James. And, and, and sure enough, just like on, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I'm going to lock you in a room where you can escape in about .08 seconds. That's a hatch. Oh, let, let me remove this tarp over it. It's, cool. it's the second time that he's put him in a room with like three walls. You know, see, like, I, I, I honestly think that either Blofeld has some huge crush on Bond or he developed some sort of Stockholm syndrome. It's like, I can't see him die. Just look at that face. He's so handsome. I don't know what it is. He has had many opportunities to kill this dude and has not even tried to do it. Just... <sighs> so, yeah. Last <laughs> comment is I did like Tiffany's question at the end. It sums up her character. She was a very capable sidekick for uh, James Bond, and I enjoyed seeing her throughout the movie. She had her own agenda, and I'm always a fan of when they put a woman in a Bond film and it's not just there for him to hook up with. And she's actually there to actually advance the plot and be her own character. So awesome job with that. And I... All out of comments. Well done, Agent Dark Web. Well done to both of the agents. Real quick, let's have our veteran co-host weigh in on this one as Agent Jason will give us his thoughts on the film, and I bet he brought some little-known facts. Take it away, Agent Jason. I may have one or two little-known facts tucked away in my back pocket here. Is there radioactive lint in that pocket as well? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> some radioactive lint there. <laughs> I'm going to start off with the caveat because I'm going to have some harsh criticism for this movie. So I'm going to start this off with the caveat that I really do love this film. There's not a James Bond movie that I don't enjoy. This one happens to be not one of my favorites. There are certain things I really like about it. I think Sean Connery's return, I think he did an admirable job. He was very professional and he did fine in the movie. I liked certain scenes. I really enjoyed the scaling the casino tower. I thought that was pretty cool. It's still, to me, it's kind of a breathtaking scene that I really enjoy. You know, overall, I liked it okay, but I just can't get away from the fact that this is really the movie that's sandwiched between Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which I think didn't get the credit it was due at the time and has since has increased in popularity, and Roger Moore's iconic run that starts with Live and Let Die. So this is the movie that bridges those two. And to me, it's 
kind of like when I compare it back to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, I think George Lazenby, like we talked about last episode for this being really his first film, I think he did a great job. He demonstrated a lot of range. But more importantly, I think Peter Hunt really artistically put together a beautiful film. I mean, he tried different things. Some things worked better than others. But to me, as I look at it, it's almost like Honor Majesty's Secret Service is like a chef saying, hey, I came up with some ideas and here's a four-course meal. Try this out. And some people liked it. Some people didn't, whatever. And then when we went to Diamonds Are Forever, the producers got so scared that they were like, just give them a number two Big Mac. And that's what I felt. And it is. It is delicious. I I love a number two Big Mac. But to me, I think it's kind of a shame that I think that the studio really retreated on this. Of course, I don't have anything against Sean Connery returning, but I still think that the death of Tracy Bond just wasn't respected in this movie. It was almost like, here, let's take care of this in the pre-title credit sequence, and then we'll kick old school Bond out doing those old school Bond things. And I know it was a different time back then, but it's I think him's like, okay, your wife's advantage. You ready to get back to work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, I'm still a little hurt, man. Oh, I'm up to <laughs> Get back out there. Yep, yep. Go back yourself some women. You'll feel fine. Um, That's almost what it felt like to me. And I would say, actually, if you look at, and I use the term continuity loosely in the story, the death of Tracy and the character of Tracy is really more respected in the two Roger Moore films. The one being the scene, and we'll see these later, with Amasava in Spy Who Loved Me and the pre-titled sequence of Fear Eyes Only. So it's kind of a shame that we have to wait that long. And again, I just feel like the producers came by and said, okay, let's just do another Goldfinger push on this. Guy Hamilton, check. Shirley Bassey, check. Laser, check. And let's go. Well, financially, it was a success. I mean, you can't argue that. Was it a fun movie? Yeah, it was a fun movie. But critically, I think this is kind of the weakest of the bunch. And I really don't like the fact that they retreated on this film, it seems like to me, quite a bit. That's my thoughts on the film. Would, on those would, you, would you say it's kind of like watching a water fight scene for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because, I mean, at least with the underwater scene, they did something that hadn't been done before. And honestly, have you ever seen anything like that since? And I know you guys will be like, yeah, because it's boring. Uh. I, like, okay. I like the water scene with Bambi and um, Thumper. <laughs> I like that one, too. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to bring this full circle and say I love Diamonds Are Forever. It's a good movie. I can watch it anytime. But as I compare it to the rest of the series, this was a total retreat. And I think it was kind of a shame because I think they could have done something better. I'll leave it at that, and I'll just leave you with... Miss Case of- called me, and uh, Jason, she said, blow it up your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jump in real quick. I think I mentioned on the last episode, I had the distinct pleasure of being able to have dinner with Miss Lana Wood and Trina Parks. I'm special. You but are I, special, man. I, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to give you guys just a small Bond bomb before Jason gives you his. Being able to talk, especially with Trina, who played Thumper, when Bond holds him under the water, and then she's the one that kind of pops up, gasps for air, swims over the side, and points to where Willard White is being hidden. Zero acting there. They literally had Connery hold their heads under the water until they said action. Way to beat. She says she feels like it was at least a minute, maybe a minute and a half, before action was called, and then she was released up. So she said it's no acting. She came up absolutely gasping for air and 
finish the scene. That's so, rough, man. <laughs> but she said, she did say, though, that overall it was extremely pleasant experience. They hired her because she was a dancer and she did have some karate background as well. So she could do the fight and then add those. I don't, you know, I'm sure when you guys watch it, you might have seen she has a lot of flair. Like she does like the splits and the spin around and a lot of body line movements that are yeah. very flamboyant. Yeah, yeah and, that's, uh, right. that's I, right. That's right. That's right. Oh, easy, easy, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you yeah, can see it. Scene. You can see it in her performance. It, it oh, yeah. brings more to it than just a normal Kung Fu girl fights Bond. There's something more captivating about it. So those are some neat things I got to learn from my dinner with Miss Trina Parks, friend of the show. Very cool. That is very cool. I will say one other thing that I really liked. I particularly enjoyed the Spectre oil platform because they had those signs everywhere like, be environmentally cautious, <laughs> don't throw mm-hmm. anything down Thing. I was like, that's really cool, Spectre. Yeah, in doubt, ask. <laughs> it's my doubt favorite one. <laughs> yeah. I I'm like, dang, Spectre. Too. Spectre's Just like, turn around, don't, turn around, don't drown. Wait, that's San Antonio. Never mind. <laughs> I think Spectre is OSHA certified, man. Yep, they were really taking care of their worker safety and environmental safety. So kudos <laughs> to you, Spectre. So, going on to Bond Bomb, I got three here. So, Sean Connery was the highest paid actor of his time when he agreed to star as James Bond for the last time, at least in the Eon continuity, for Diamonds. He was paid $1.25 million and he donated every cent of it to charity. Wow. Yep. Sean Connery fell in love with the game of golf after Goldfinger, and he had it written into his contract for Diamonds Are Forever that he could play one day a week. Uh-uh. <laughs> <We're> the- <laughs> when the people of Kansas heard the line from Blofeld, how no one would notice if Kansas was blown off the map. Which was funny as hell. <laughs> they were so angry. That they sent hate mail to director Guy Hamilton and promised never to watch another Bond film again. And that led me to question, did they hold on to that promise? And then I realized, much like the laser situation, no one will notice. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, we just lost all of our Kansas listeners. Sorry, both of our Kansas fans. Just in the way. That was a funny oh, line. Yeah, it's it's Kansas, but it might take weeks for people to notice. <laughs> we take weeks for people to notice. <laughs> I'm over here in rural Alabama, like, yeah, suck at Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with those 007 trivia nuggets safely tucked away, it is time to have our rookie agent score this film. Martini time. Pat, you seem to like this film quite a bit. One to seven martinis. How many martinis are you going to give it? I'm going to give it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I heard like a squeaking noise in the background. I was clearing my throat. (laughs) I really enjoyed this. You mentioned it, Jason. They had some fun in it. Like I said, I watched the whole movie through. I was planning on doing it in two days you know, one hour and then another hour, but I was so involved in it. I'm going to give it a five. It was close to five, six. I'm going to give it a five. I I really enjoyed it. All right. We got a five from Pat Delvin. What are your thoughts? How many martinis? There's one more note I wanted to add because I put it after I put my rating. I think it's worth noting. I think that George Lazenby had better action scenes than Sean Connery did in this movie. Lazenby was all in on some of them fight scenes, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's due to Connery's height, but sometimes just the fight looked 
a little bit awkward and some of his moves looked a little bit, I don't know, gangly. I don't know why it felt more pronounced this movie as opposed to last. And maybe it's just because this was my first comparison, but I had to say that. Rating. I also gave it five martinis. There was a lot of fun stuff in the movie. I totally do agree with Pat on that. And I thought it could have been higher, but when the villains went selectively dumb at the worst times, that lowered the rating to me. To where, like, if you know we're doing some decimals, it would probably be somewhere lower than five. I don't want to say four, because four would just be like, okay, I didn't really enjoy it. And there are too many parts of the movie where I did enjoy it, and I just wanted to sit there and watch it and not take notes and stuff. So, five's a good rating for it. Alright, we got two fives. The rookies have spoken, Jared. Wow, I was pleasantly surprised that they enjoyed it as much as they did. Thank you, gentlemen. Now it's time to crown this episode's double O award winner, which is probably why about 90% of people tune into the show. <laughs> Pat and Delvin, you will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Diamonds Are Forever. Delvin is obviously our current champion. No one could ever obviously. forget that. Of course. Yeah, we all remember that. But before we get to everyone's <laughs> favorite part, we got to thank our sponsors. White Rocket Entertainment. Our Patreon sponsors for this episode are the following fine folks. Speaking of fine folks, Joseph Fine, Christopher Burleson, Samuel Salvatore, Stephen Thompson, Phil Amthor of WeHaveDonuts.com, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Justin Bean, Chris Usher, Neil Dyer, David Evers, Tom Anderson, Timothy, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Steve Harlan, Andrew Barber, Gerard Albrich, Rich Reimer, Bill Matthews, Will Summerford, John McCune, Catherine England, Ann Congian, David Simpson, Josh Teal, Mike Finley, Randall Walker, C.T. Wayne, Earl Ricks, War Eagle Earl, Dave Powell, Michael Kirshner, Mick Vigicana, Matt Robinheimer, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, George Gaston, Tony Perry, Alex Quinn, Clay Henson, J.W. Rice, War Dam Wade, Dave Bedinus, Mark Squire, Joey Miller, Matthew Wagstaff, Russell Milling, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor. You just call out my name. Good job. And you know where I am. I'll come running. Just to see you again. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead Good Dave. job, team. Good job. <laughs> John Stubbs, Kenneth Brett Rains, Brant Rumble, Nicholas Craig, Ruth, and Darren Sutherland. Patrick Williams, plus our one-time and anonymous donors. We appreciate it. I know that's a long list, folks. I appreciate everyone on that list. We greatly appreciate it here at White Rocket. Now, if you'd like to help pay for our lift ticket to Pease Gloria, you too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search for keyword Plexico, and you can give as little as a dollar a month to help get Agent Jason's pants pockets sewn back on. <laughs> And like those other folks whose names you just heard, you'll get a shout-out on every episode of all the White Rocket Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you'll also get bonus material and behind-the-scenes information on all White Rocket endeavors, including our novels, comic books, and more. And I'm telling you guys, we've got some really cool comic books heading your way this year. Back to Jason. I'm waiting for Klaus Ergesheimer to join our Patreon list there from (laughs) G-Section. From (laughs) G-Section. So let's find out who this mission's trivia double O award winner is going to be. So he can load it over the other guy until the next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points gets you the coveted double O award. An Aston Martin DBS and 45 minutes of grief counseling before your next mission. (laughs) 
And, <laughs> and of course, as well, supplies last not available in all areas. Uh, Aston Martin is not bulletproof. So let's start this mm, segment shoot. that we like to call Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Let's load up those pistols and figure out what's going to happen. Delvin, you're our current champion. Hi. Want to go first or second? Second. Pat, who do you want to read your questions? Get the one who's going to ask the hard questions. Ah, <laughs> it's it's right. a hodgepodge. This is where you get to make a lucky guess. I, I'm going to go with Jason. All right, Pat, loosen up. You ready? I'm ready. What smuggler's identity did 007 steal going undercover? Peter Franks? Ding, 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 ding. He's got it. That's one point for my boy. Agent Williams. Yes. What's the name of Willard White's casino? The White House. Ding, 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 ding. All right, all right. Pat, name two of the four professions of the people that Mr. Went and Mr. Kid killed in the diamond smuggling chain. Professions. Mm-hmm. You just got to get two out of four. These are my professions. Um, the lady, she was a teacher. Mm, okay. That's one. And then the dentist. Uh, ding, 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 you want to show ding, off ding, ding. and pick up the other two? Well, he killed people in the helicopter. So, helicopter, uh, helicopter pilot. Yep, yep. Shady tree, man. The comedian. Yep. Shady tree. The comedian. Okay. Well, you got your two out of four. Good job. Woohoo! All right, Felix Leiter, Dark Web. What mode of transportation did Bond take from England to Holland? I think I know it. Pressure's building. I remember him talking to Money Penny and driving off in a car. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But I don't remember anything after that, so I'm going to guess train. Not a train. Patrick, going for that Transfer steal. Transfer steal. Oh, it's the. What do they call that thing? Hovercraft. Nailed it. Yeah, you got it. That ding, thing was ding, cool. Ding. <laughs> it's like the whale. Yeah. I don't remember a hovercraft at all. <laughs> <laughs> you probably went for a drink or something. That's right. Do they still use those? I don't know. I know that was, like that a was cool thing at the time. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, should we, check that out, man. We yeah, should have a hovercraft cool. somewhere. Who got to get a hovercraft right That, that thing is like huge. <laughs> Dear God, yeah. I don't remember that at all. I suck as a person. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not as a person, but you as ho- a you just gotta hope rookie. Just as a off. contestant, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I've never seen the better. Off here for, for Pat. Okay, Pat. So mm. I think if you hold serve here, then you win this game. What did Mrs. Whistler want to bring back for the children? She wanted a picture of some bridge, didn't she? Ah, uh, Mrs. Whistler did say she wanted some. Really? <laughs> really? He's on the right track, so I'm trying to. I'm really? Trying to I don't uh, give a damn if he's on the right track. <laughs> all right, all right, this, Jared, this is your game. What, what, do you, what do you What do you want to do? I think we should give it to Delvin, and if he can nail it directly, he gets the point. Absolutely. All right, Delvin, take a stab. Pictures of canals, right? <laughs> Yep, oh, you got yeah. it, you got mm. it. Oh, if he gets this next one right, he's going to tie it up. All right, I got yeah. some tiebreaker questions, don't you worry. Delvin, how many carrots of diamonds were they moving? 50,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh. You know, Delvin, I had to ask Jared for clarification on that one because I couldn't remember. <laughs> wow. I, I freaking wrote it down, baby. Bam. <laughs> oh. I guess okay. that's what I should have done. All right, I got, a fir- I got the first tiebreaker here, gentlemen. 
I'll kick it off with Pat. And Pat, your question is the following. What section does Klaus Hergesheimer work in? Radiation. That's, uh, that's his field of speciality. But that's yeah, not the, that's sec- not, that's not the that's section not the answer in. that I'm looking for. Uh, G section, G section. There you go. That's the right answer. That's what I'm looking for. Don't fret, Delvin. Your question's easy. What California city is the oil platform near? (laughs) They gave you like eight chances to answer your question. I knew they'd they'd fall apart. (laughs) Come on, this is this is is, a slam dunk for you. Is it? Is it? Is it slipper? It starts with a B, C, D. Just answer your question. <laughs> Just answer your question. It's Baja. It is indeed Baja. is what I say to you. Good news. <laughs> We've got another round of questions available. I'll start this next one here to Pat. At the very beginning, the very first guy that Bond interrogates in the opening credits, where is Blofeld? Where is he? He um, says, Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> what? Quit well, I, okay, all right, I'll shut up. I'm sorry. Where is he? Um, I guess to ask Maria. So close. Yeah, let's see what Delvin has to say. Oh, Cairo. Boom. Cairo. Cairo is correct. Delvin, I want you to show off. I know you know the answer because you, you said it. I don't think Delvin gets to show off. That's unfair. <laughs> So Delvin gets to show off. What's the last line before the opening credits? And I know you know because you used it earlier. The last line was, welcome to hell, Blofeld. That is actually incorrect. The The last last line line was... (laughs) (laughs) Delvin is officially the winner. That was a hard-fought battle. You guys did great. Congratulations to Delvin. Woohoo! You want it. You keep it, old buddy. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Agent Pat until you meet again in the field. We next. are the champions of <laughs> That was hard fought. They're going back and forth. I, there I right don't now. consider it a true trivia round until they start nipping at each other. And, and we, got there. we got there. <laughs> so we're like Bond I, I and Peter I have to stop Jason. Jason's like, what is James Bond's last name? <laughs> what, have, what have you learned from this? You've learned that when it's your turn, when you say, who do you want to read your questions? Now you, now you <laughs> know Jason. you want Jason. <laughs> I was just trying to help get him on the right track. That's all. Yet, I was getting him. Hey, negative <laughs> nine. No right track. All right. Hey, all right. You chose all right. who to go. That's your own problem, though. <laughs> Now for our final segment of the show. Well, the official final segment of the show. We still got mailbag. But this next segment is going to be called Return Fire. During Return Fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question that they brought with them in an attempt to stump the double O experts. Jason and I are working as a team. We're not working against each other. We're just trying to defend our bona fides. Bona fides. How do you say that word? I don't know. <laughs> Let's get going with Return Fire. It's bona fides. This never happened to the other fellow. So, fellas, who's got a question for double O experts? It's probably going to be an easy one. I'm gonna be, so, I'll be honest with you before you ask the question. While we're watching it, Jason and I are texting back and forth each other numbers that we're catching. We're like, here's a number that Pat might use. Here's a number that Pat might use. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the text right now. I am too. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you guys are thinking numbers because your question is, what type of gas did Tiffany Case want in her car? 
High test. High test. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good. I wanted high test. You had your chance and you blew it. You blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Delvin. My question is approximately what time did the rocket or satellite blast off? So we're not on the oil rig because by then it was already in orbit. I don't remember what part the dang thing blasted off. I can give you hints, you know, here. So let's see. The note that I wrote before this was about Q's electromagnetic RPM controller. So it happened. Happened after that. Right, right, right. Okay. The only thing I remember was when he called and he said, Oh, I launched like 24 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, something. that's right. That's right. And I know that. But what there also was was a uh, time that was ticking. So, assuming that was actual time, then you'd have to subtract the amount of minutes from that. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So, you, there was like a clock on screen? There was. Ah, shoot, man. I've got nothing on it. Jason, I'm just going to go for the easy answer of noon and you, you got to pick something else. So, maybe. Three o'clock. Well, if Jared picked noon, maybe you should have picked midnight. Oh, that's That's what Jared said. The night because because it was it was all zeros. The time that was on there said somewhere between twenty three and twenty four minutes. And when they said it like it blasted off twenty three twenty four minutes ago, I'm like, oh, that's not a clock. That's a countdown clock. (laughs) That's the mission that clock, the mission man. Clock for all we know. That's the mission <laughs> clock you were looking at. That's how he knew it was. Well, it, it, oh, it, could, no. it, it could be, but since I don't know that. <laughs> I'm calling you. You're looking at the mission clock thinking it's a chronological clock. Here, here's, Didn't you, know, you work I like I in satellites and stuff? Here's, I'm here's giving my, us here's half my credit. comeback, Jason. You're looking at the mission clock. Oh. <laughs> I say we get half credit for remembering it was 24 minutes. Oh, past. my God. <laughs> this clock. man was in charge of defending our space program. <laughs> I wasn't in space lift. I was in space control. Blow it out your pants, Jason. <laughs> the mission clock keeps going around in circles. That's the second hand, sir. <laughs> I got a second hand with a middle finger coming up. <laughs> okay, I got a second well, uh, silver hand with a silver finger. Oh my goodness. Pat, you got any other questions? Got one more. There was a sign that said strategic air command. Right. What is the number for the strategic missile wing? That's a good one. I would have thought they would have known that. I saw those two numbers and I, I was like, nah, that's too easy. I, I thought they knew two numbers. Was. We know that. Yeah, you're right. Smarty pants, uh, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking through our text. Peter Franks is no punk. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, we did write that. Peter Franks was no punk. <laughs> He fought like a madman. He, <laughs> he did, did it, man. Yeah, he was, this is uh, else. We got 40401 was the Playboy <laughs> Club card. <laughs> NU3680 is Winton Kid's license plate. James Bond's <laughs> room was 1012. Just tell me yes or no, and I'll give up. Is the first number a nine? No. No? I'm out. Give up. I'm out. 72. No. What is it? 224th Strategic Missile so, Wing. So not two numbers then, you lying son of a no, uh, above that is the other number is the 168th Squadron. So also so there two are two numbers. Also not two numbers. <laughs> yeah. I said two numbers, not two digits. Exactly. Yeah, all right. On this episode uh, of These Guys Are Full of Shit, it's going to be hosted by Delvin and Pat. <laughs> As we talk about two guys, Jason and Jared, who are full of crap. <laughs> 
The show's just not coming together like I wanted to. Oh, man. I got to admit, that was a good one. Delvin, what do you got? You got anything else? Your last one was balls hard, man. Give us a softball. I know. Oh, give us something easy, man. Okay. When Bond went to the funeral home and they got the diamonds out of the corpse, then the funeral home director, Mr. Slumber, said that he should go out to the Garden of Remembrance. Uh-huh. He mentioned the color of the curtains. Up your to the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not helpful. Angel's breath. Yes. And gold trim. And the curtains are. It's a weird church. There you go. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Good times, gentlemen. Sticking it to us with hard questions tonight. So nicely done, guys. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes-only mailbag this week? Thanks for asking. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to O-H-M-S-P-O-D. That's O-H-M-S-P-O-D at Outlook.com or over on the Twitter page, which is at O-H-M-S-P-O-D. If you'd like, you can use our email, and as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might even play it on the show. Please try to keep your audio file to around 30 seconds or less, which no one has ever done, and we'd love to hear from you and make you part of the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate if you left a review for the show. That'll help raise the show's profile and attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we will read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agent. What, no small talk? No chit-chat? Next up, we have fellow podcasters and friends of the show, Ruth and Darren, from their Rad Adventures Podcast Network. Now, normally Rad stands for Ruth and Darren, but here on our 007 show, it stands for Q's Research and Development Team. So let's get this episode's Rad Thoughts on Bond. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network. We're with Research and Development Q Branch, and we're here to share our thoughts about Diamonds Are Forever. This is both Sean Connery's return to and departure from James Bond, following George Lazenby's decision not to return to the role. And while it isn't Sean Connery's best Bond film, it's still a great movie. It's filled with plenty of action scenes and good humor, and Sean Connery is charming. But unfortunately, it suffers from a couple of plot holes and production mistakes. The main plot about diamond smuggling is set up well, and I like the way Bond infiltrates the system and follows the path of the diamonds. It gives us the opportunity to meet several interesting characters along the way and to visit lots of locations around the world. I also like seeing Moneypenny working in the field. Even though it's a short scene, it's still great seeing her involved in a mission outside of the office. But unfortunately, the film falters in a few places. For instance, the sequences with the dentist are initially interesting, but it isn't very believable that a dentist delivering smuggled diamonds to two unknown men in the desert in the middle of the night would stop to examine one of the guy's teeth. So the sequence with the scorpion is spoiled by that poor execution. And the film also doesn't do a very good job of following up on the tragic events of the previous film. They probably just wanted to move on quickly, especially with the change in actors, but it's still a little jarring when you watch the films close together. The cast is great, however. Jill St. John is charming as Tiffany Case. She's confident when she should be and has a no-nonsense way of delivering her lines that fits her character very well. And Lana Wood is great as Plenty O'Toole. We've been lucky to meet her a couple of times at conventions in the past. She speaks highly of the film and enjoyed working with Sean Connery. And Ed Bishop from the excellent Jerry Anderson TV series UFO has another cameo in this film. We mentioned him when he appeared back in You Only Live Twice. In this movie, he plays Klaus, who gives Bond the radiation detector at the diamond smuggler's secret facility. We always enjoy getting to see him. 
In some interesting trivia, Adam West was offered the part of 007 in this film, but he declined, saying he felt Bond must be British. To return to the role, Sean Connery was paid one and a quarter million dollars. At that time, it was a record sum and was reported in the Guinness Book of World Records. I was happy to learn that Sean Connery used the money he made from this film to establish a charity in Scotland. And now it's time for 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. My low point is when Bond asks Moneypenny what she wants him to bring back from Holland, and she says, a diamond in a ring. It would have been funny in any other movie, but coming early in this movie, when his wife died at the end of the previous movie, makes me cringe when I hear it. And my low point is a continuity mistake during the car chase in Las Vegas. There's a great scene where Bond drives a car through a narrow alley. They went to so much trouble to set up the scene and create a believable way for Bond to get the car on two wheels. But then they ended up with a big continuity mistake in the sequence, when the car enters the alley tilted on the right wheels, but exits the alley on the left wheels. They tried to fix it by adding a close-up of Bond and Tiffany sitting in the car as it pivots from the right wheels to the left wheels, but it isn't a believable fix. The stunt was filmed in two different segments, and at two different locations, and with two different stunt drivers, so the mistake wasn't realized until much later in production. And here are our top seven hits. Number seven, Bond riding on top of the elevator to get to the top floor of the White House. The scene is so well done that it gives me a little vertigo as I watch him swing out over the streets of Vegas. Number six, I like seeing the C-speed hovercraft that is used across the channel. It had just recently started service at the time of the movie, so it was a novel sight for many, which is probably why they lingered on it for as long as they did. Number five, I like the chase scene through the desert when Bond is driving the moon rover that was being tested. Great fun. Number four, I like the scene of Bond using the ball to roll, walk on water. It's fancifully fun, but also very practical. Really nice. Number three, the great fight scene in the glass elevator in Amsterdam. The close quarter fighting is really well filmed, and the directing and editing keeps you on edge, all of the way through Bond subtly switching IDs without Tiffany noticing. Number two, the scene when Bond wakes up trapped in the coffin in the cremation fire. Sean Connery does a terrific job of looking frightened, and it seems there's no chance of escape. And really, there isn't. He is freed only because Mr. Slumber realizes the diamonds he gave them are fake. And at number one is the sequence when Bond is buried in the pipe in the desert. It's exciting as he tries to outmaneuver the welding robot in that confined space. And it has a terrific ending when he steps out of the pipe in front of the repair crew, wearing his suit and straightening his tie. Thank you, Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts on your excellent podcast. Remember, we're RAD, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. And research and development. There you have it, folks. What do you think about Ruth and Darren? It sounds like Darren shares my sense of awe and vertigo on that climbing scene up the side of the building. That is a really cool scene. Delvin? Yeah, I need to go back, apparently, and look at this hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> it has like two Union Jack flags in the back of it on the windows and everything, man. It really stands you. out. You're going to kick yourself when you see it. He drives under a sign that says, two hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> also a valid point. <laughs> oh, it's sorry, possible no. that there was a defective DVD that I watched. <laughs> it skipped. <laughs> that skipped that scene. 
Pat, thoughts on their thoughts? Yeah, the hovercraft, they mentioned that. <laughs> um, I like that part, the hovercraft. I'm like, wow, that's really cool to see that thing just go Hover. into the water like that. It's cool. I remember um, seeing that as a kid and thinking, like, that's pretty baller, man. <laughs> I want to ride on one of those. Yeah. And as a 47-year-old man, I'm still thinking that. I'd still want to do it. Yeah, I think it would be cool. As a 41-year-old man, I, I don't remember the hovercraft at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what I found most interesting from Ruth and Darren was Ruth's point about how if there was strong bond continuity, how completely insensitive that remark was. From yeah, her. yeah. You know, I never really thought of it. I guess the trick worked on me because after the opening credit sequence, it's like reset back to Sean Connery bond, but that's a legit point. Thanks for sending that in, Ruth and Darren. As a reminder, you can check out their myriad of podcasts, which include Xenozoic Xenophiles, Trekker Talk. Is that about Star Trek? No. Oh, no, it's about hiking. It's <laughs> taking a hike and talking. Oh. They also do Warlord Worlds. All of those podcasts come kind of highly recommended. Going back into our mailbag, we have our audio file from our friend Agent Z, Don Zuderman in the Netherlands. We love Agent Z, so let's see what the Netherlands has to say. <laughs> he represents all the Netherlands, by the way. Let's see what the Netherlands has to say. <laughs> he does to us, anyway. <laughs> he really does. He's our target demographic in the Netherlands. Here we go with Agent Z. Hi, this is Don Zuiderman calling in from the Netherlands with a brief contribution on Diamonds Are Forever. Now, I have to admit, this is one of my least favorite Bond films, even though it's the only one in which he visits my country. But I don't like it that he speaks a bit of German while he's in Amsterdam instead of Dutch. Then again, I doubt many other people would notice the difference. Anyway, for me, this is definitely one of the sillier films and not even trying to tell a coherent story. Uh, it's the return of director Guy Hamilton, previously from uh, Goldfinger, and it's the first screenplay written by Tom Mankiewicz. And they would continue their collaboration on the next two films, Live and a Die and Man with the Golden Gun. So, so far, we've had uh, Terrence Young directing Dr. No from Russia with Love and Thunderball. Guy Hamilton did Goldfinger and Diamonds. Lewis Gilbert did, so far only, You Only Live Twice, and Peter Hunt, the editor, also directed on A Majesty's Secret Service. So, what are your thoughts on the differences between the directors, the screenplays, their films, and also, can you see any similarities within films directed by the same person, for instance, the Terrence Young films or the Guy Hamilton films? On a side note, the climax of Diamonds Are Forever, the, the scene on the oil rig, features John Barry's 007 theme once more. Um, he would use this uh, music cue only in one more film to come, um, and I won't spoil which one it will be, so uh, keep your ears open. Thanks again for uh, all your hard work and enjoy Live and Let Die next month. Bye-bye. And that Agent Z is classy. Yeah, he is. Smooth, <laughs> smooth operator. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm a lifelong James Bond fan and I can't remember what the only movie left that has the 007 theme. It makes me sad that there's only one left. I think it's Moonraker. Don't they play that during the boat chase? Yeah. 
may be right. Well, that's a solid guess. Donnie Z with the excellent trivia that's stumping Jason and I tonight. But I like that guess. I'm not sure. We'll find out together. Yeah, we'll stumble on it. Just real quick on his questions of directors. I'm going to put mine out there. I like Peter Hunt on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That was Peter Hunt, yes. That was the only one, I think, that he directed. He's got some neat visual tricks that he did in that. He uses the theme of the clocks all through the movie. I don't know if you guys noticed that. There's a whole theme of clocks in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I yep. love the scene where he projected Tracy being drug away and it fades into Bond looking out the window. As far as just visually, I like the way he put it together. Uh, what thoughts do you guys have about the difference in directors? Uh, we'll start with Jason. We'll start with Terrence Young. And I think Terrence Young was the rock. He was the foundation that established the tone and the character of James Bond, and he deserves all the credit for that. I think the strengths he brought, he could do a lot with a little. We saw like early on the small budgets that they had. He was tough, but he was, he drove a tough schedule, but he also obviously took care of his crew and got things done and got things done on time. You boil it down, that's what you want your director to do, and he was amazing. So then we'll take it to Hamilton. Hamilton deserves credit for bringing the fun element up a little bit more, as we saw with Goldfinger, and then Diamonds Are Forever. To be honest, I'm not as in love with Guy Hamilton as a lot of folks are. I think there are some shaky things, like we talked about the stunt car scene in Diamonds. I don't see Terrence Young letting a mistake like that happen. Technically, he wasn't as good of a director maybe as Terrence Young, but he knew how to have fun and bring out the fun element in the film, which is also important, which brings us to Lewis Gilbert. And I think Lewis Gilbert did three films. He did You Only Live Twice, and then he did Spy Who Loved Me, and he did Moonraker. And those were what they call the monorail trilogy because there were monorails in all three of his films. And I think that if you think about that, those three films, starting with You Only Live Twice, we talked about that one. That didn't have a lot of source material from the book that they could use. So basically, they had Roald Dahl come in there and have to rewrite the script. And Lewis Gilbert did a masterful job of taking what's given in the script, working with the script writer, and creating something out of nothing. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And then the next film that he's called in to do that is The Spy Who Loved Me. And we'll talk more about that when we get to that film. But Ian Fleming hated that book and allowed him to use the title, but really nothing else out of that book. So once again, Lewis Gilbert had to kind of come in there and they did a mishmash of writers that kind of gave ideas. And he took ideas and worked them into the film and modified them. And he was really good about working with different egos and keeping a good collaborative process going on. And then you get to to the third film that Lewis Gilbert did, which was Moonraker. And Moonraker was basically a reaction to Star Wars. It was a film that wasn't supposed to be, but Star Wars came out and made a ton of money in 77. So James Bond was going to jump on that sci-fi roller coaster and make a film in 78. And so he was, again, given the book Moonraker has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. And so once again, had to kind of work with a collaborative group of writers and create a Bond story out of nothing. And I think he he did a masterful job of doing
doing that. And then that leaves Peter Hunt, who only had the one film. But Peter Hunt also did masterful editing work on like From Russia With Love and several of the other Bond films before that. So I think artistically, we talked about the clocks, the color purple that prevails in that film, some of the unique ways that he shot these things. Some of the stuff worked better than others in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. But artistically speaking, I still think that's one of the best Bond movies that's out there. So that's long-winded, but that was a long-winded question, and I think I summed it up. Terrence Young's The Foundation, Guy Hamilton's The Fun, Lewis Gilbert makes something out of nothing, and Peter Hunt's The Artist. There's literally like, nothing that Pat and I can talk about. <laughs> I feel I, like geez. Jason needs to be more thorough. <laughs> <laughs> Was that too much? <laughs> I, I think the question was, which one director do you like? <laughs> That's not what he asked. He, he asked to compare the different directors and the styles, mm-hmm. didn't he? Did I not hear that you, correctly? You've, uh, you've earned your PhD in Bondology this evening, my friend. Absolutely. I'm just going to keep my answer short here, Jared. I'm going to go with Hamilton. All right. He's a Hamilton guy. Delvin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did Goldfinger? I like Goldfinger. It's Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton. With me. I'm just going to go with Hamilton. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Thanks, Don. I like Gilbert. Can, can you please make your questions just a little bit more like yeah, a yes or no? Really specific. Yeah. Really, specific. <laughs> yeah, really narrow it down. So we, yeah, well, we didn't ask the other because he asked about other films that we liked by those directors. We're going to yes. move on. I don't know the other films. You're, you're talking about films I haven't watched yet. Yes. Like keep, too. Keep, yeah, keep in mind that half of this show are, are, are Bond idiots. <laughs> Didn't Terrence Young do Battle of Britain, Jared? Or is, am I making that up? I'm, no, I'm pretty sure that was Britain. Hey, yo. <laughs> I don't remember, to be honest with you, but I've got to finish this damn show. Okay. <laughs> okay, so going back into our mailbag, the only other comments we had this time around were on the Twitter. We had our friend Clinton Robinson from Coffee and Comics blog, and he commented that the original title of Diamonds Are Forever, their original title that they had for it, Diamonds Are For Six Months or Less, <laughs> just didn't seem quite as appealing. I feel like Clinton's got jokes and jokes. Man, we didn't hear from Agent Illith this episode. Miss Joseph. I know. I feel like we've been cheated and we've been robbed. (laughs) Joseph, come back to us, man. Agent Illith, we need you to report for duty as soon as possible. WSXN, WSXN. (laughs) G7W. Well, that will bring us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed this crew and you want to hear more from us, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? They can find the Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade on Twitter or Longbox Crusade on the Facebook. Thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPOD or email us at OHMSPOD at Outlook.com. Or you can contact any one of us directly on Facebook or Twitter. My contact info on Twitter is at Yard Sale Artist. I'm also on Facebook as Yard Sale Artist. Jason? My contact information on Twitter is at Weasel Skull, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram at Jason Albrick. Patrick. My contact information is at Christatos01 on the Twitter. You can find me there. Let's tweet. Delvin, the dark web. What's up? Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Come chat with me. I would not do that if I were you. <laughs> well, anyways, 
<laughs> we hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will feature whole new 007 and Roger Moore as he stars in Live and Let Die. Oh, you're fired up? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And remember, on our Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. Yeah, you handled that with, as they say, a plume. <laughs> I don't know if he had any fruit on hand, but whatever. <laughs> that, that's a plume. Oh, that's a. Uh, oh, a like the, the dude <laughs> from the, the game Clue. Professor, Professor Plum. Oh, oh. Like the guy who invented uh, oh, like like Ant-Man and, and, and Giant Man. That's Henry Pym. Uh, oh, there we go. Oh, like <laughs> the like the wood. Pine? Uh, We're really going up the rails now. <laughs> and the joke died there. Yeah, sorry. Way to go, Pat. It, 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 it did. It tapped did. out. You know it did. You got tapped out. Uh, just got just got tapped. These notes. These notes. Yeah, I've written for you. He's starting early, boys. I thought you said it was bad. Like, we're terrible, but it's hilarious. <laughs> like, the singing's oh, bad. Oh, okay. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I am a complete advocate. Be terrible, just be on beat. There you go. Like, everybody can't sing, but everybody can clap on the twos and fours. <laughs> I don't know that we were on beat, but we were very funny. <laughs> I didn't know I'd scored. I thought I just cleared the ball. <laughs> Uh, and Jason's like, oh, man, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I was like, what? what's awesome? He's like, you scored. I was like, no way. No way this is going to happen. <laughs> sure did. And Jason was like, go. He had that level of enthusiasm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I played for many years. I played in middle school. I was on the Warriors there at Fort Rucker. Warriors! <laughs> Come out and play! Oh, I thought you were talking about Shooting at the water, hearty! That's what we actually <laughs> named it after, in all, in all fairness. That was us, yeah. And hot to hot to 
you were if you survived, the warriors. Let me get the full name of the restaurant. One second, please. Okay. It's D E E Z Nuts. It's the Oh, they serve as meatballs. And weenies. That got you to laugh, Pat. Good job. What's wrong with these people? Yes, the Soul Food Meat Company. Are you sure that's not a band that you formed three or four years ago? <laughs> I think it's a porno. Hello and welcome to Honor Magic. <laughs> you shut up. You shut up. Uh, Jared? Yeah, this is Jared. <laughs> so, what do you think, Delvin? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to finish. Are you done? <laughs> Jason's Where'd been done go? for a while. We're waiting for you. Yeah, I know. I just decided to listen and see what you do. And you sucked it up, Pat Sampson. All right. Here we go. I left it on Was it peppy enough? No, you weren't peppy enough. You need, a, you need a, I need you to be like 10 pounds of peppy in a five pounds. That's a whole lot of peppy. All right, Jared. I'm I'm I immediately regret that. <laughs> Thank you for putting the corner in my hand. No, no yeah. I, I, pulled, I pulled a Jason and left it on mute. <clears throat> here we go. Thank you for that, H. Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one. In a segment called Declassified. Mm-hmm. Who went first last time? Um, I did. Pat's odd. I'm even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pat is a little odd. <laughs> <laughs> you switched songs. I switched songs. No, I did, but you know what? They still sing. Don't you cry tonight. <laughs> It's a GNR. Don't, Don't you cry. cry I die. Tonight, there's a heaven above you, baby. Am I alone? I'm alone. I'm alone. <laughs> Talk to me softly. Out. Something in your hands. <laughs> Before you say goodbye. Take it away, Jared. <laughs> you got a oh, it. <laughs> you had your moment. Okay, I'm sorry. Alright. Or we could do the alternate version. If we could see tomorrow. What are your plans? No one can live in sorrow. Just ask all your friends. <laughs> Guys, why is my life so hard? It's probably the company you keep. Probably. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on, I got to be. I'll be right back. Uh oh, it's a call from the missus. Are you talking to your Jack friends again? <laughs> this is about stupid comics or stupid. James Bond, which one is it? Some boys are no good for you. It's stupid something, for that's for damn sure. <laughs> Pat and Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Diamonds Are Forever, and I believe Pat is our current champion? What? No? <laughs> no. All right, hang on, take two. Let me take two. I do believe you get your ass kicked for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a fun episode, man. Those James Bond ones are always fun. They're hard work, but a lot of fun. I'd hate to edit it, though. 
Yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you? I wouldn't want to edit me. And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. Music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.